This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. All right, we're off and rolling here on this Tuesday. Dan Grosser Show, 800-919-3776 is the telephone number. At Dan Grosser is where you can get me on Twitter, G-R-A-C-A. So, you've heard from me. Now we want to hear from you. Jets 1-0. But, boy, if 1-0 never felt like it should, this would probably be it. It's the reality facing this team. We'll start it off on the phones. With Ira in Staten Island. He was there last night, 98.7 ESPN. Ira, good evening. How are you, my friend? Yeah, a very good, Dan. Unfortunately, it was a sad opening, but that was one of your best openings ever because the emotions that you just spilled out were just unbelievable, and I give you a lot of credit for it. And, you know, it's a funny thing. We spoke after the game. It didn't hit me till the morning. This morning I got up to go to the gym this morning, and when I rolled out of bed, it's like I walked into a wall. Yeah. And I said, oh, my God, what happened last night? You know, and, um, you know, I look at it, I compare it to the Monday night miracle with the Dolphins, the emotions that way, the emotions with walking in the building when they beat the Packers, you know, to make the playoffs, you know, when they blew out the Colts, but never the impact like like you described it. And, and you were spot on with everything you said. And you know what? Nobody's going to feel sorry for us. You've got to play the games. Uh, this is a really good football team. We're going to see what's going to happen with Zach Wilson. And, and you know what? With everything that I saw with Rodgers, would you be shocked that once he takes care of you know, from sure he's having a surgery, once he's on crutches and able to get around, I expect him to be on the sidelines and helping Zach Wilson. And I think I think that's how much he's invested in this team. And I'd be shocked if he isn't. No, he's he. Look, Ira, he's not going anywhere. And I thank you for the kind words. But and we had a call about this in the post game last night too, guys. Just so you know, he's going to get the surgery. He's not going to be on the sidelines if he's a liability. Meaning, like God forbid that there's a play that runs towards the Jets sideline and and he's part of the pile and gets trampled and then suffers some other injury, or you know what I mean? Like, he's got to be able to fend for himself, so they're not going to keep him on the sidelines if he's in danger, right? Because he is going to be rehabbing an injury, so he's going to be a little compromised there with that one leg. But, no, he will not be a stranger, and I don't have this on any sort of good authority. I could just assume that he is still going to be very present. And Robert Sala kind of alluded to that earlier today when he met the media and when he went on TMKS. We'll play some of that sound for you later in case you didn't get a chance to hear it. But I'll get another thing out of the way, too, before anybody asks. I don't think – now, look, last night was last night, and you're just – you know, the, the emotions are just all putting your head in a tailspin. When you wake up today and you start to think a little bit clearer, I do not believe – and I don't have this, like I said, on any sort of proof conversation. This is my own gut. The way that he's embraced this team, this organization, this franchise, and the way it's been reciprocated, vice versa, and throwing the fan base as well – I do not believe that we have seen the last of Aaron Rodgers in a Jet uniform. I do not believe so. Is it going to be challenging? Absolutely. Is it going to be an ordeal? Is it the last thing you want to do at 40 years of age, undergo a grueling rehab from a torn Achilles? Of course not. Right? If Aaron Rodgers never plays another down in the National Football League, and this was even after last year in Green Bay, if he never played another down in the National Football League, his legacy was secure. One of the 10 greatest quarterbacks of all time, Four-time MVP, Super Bowl MVP is one of the greats. One of the all-time greats. So, right, he has nothing more to prove. He doesn't have any more money that he needs to attain. He's got all that stuff taken care of already. 
This is just about wanting to go out there. You love playing the game. You like the teammates. You like the organization. You like your surroundings. Everything that has been true since he arrived here six months ago. Now, Vinny Testaverde, remember, was a little bit younger. He was about 36-ish, which isn't all that different from Rodgers. He's 39. So Vinny was three years younger than, than Aaron is when he suffered his torn Achilles in 99. He got it hurt week one. Vinny was back on the field as the Jets' starting quarterback week one the following year. So that's probably the time frame that you're looking at. Does it stink? Absolutely. Is it a punch to the gut? No doubt. But you still got a season, and like I said, there's a lot of really, really good players in that locker room. Enough good players that made Aaron Rodgers want to join this team. Once upon a time, remember that? And for those that don't remember that 99 team with the Jets, they had a lot of good players on that team too. Guys, a couple of guys are even in the Hall of Fame right now, as a matter of fact. And you had, for my money at the time, the best head coach in the league in Bill Parcells. Bill Belichick was the defensive coordinator, for crying out loud. Okay, you had a great coaching staff. But Bill miscalculated the quarterback situation for the first, I would say, four or five weeks after Vinny went down. And he rode with Rick Meyer. And he rode with him too long. And that offense could not get going under Rick Meyer. A guy who was, like Zach Wilson, a high draft choice. As a matter of fact, I think Rick Meyer was the second overall pick in the draft, just like Zach Wilson was. Bledsoe was first. Meyer was number two back in 1993. And that was already the, the third stop for Rick Meyer. He got drafted by Seattle, then got traded to Chicago, didn't work out, ends up with the Jets. Is, he was going to be the backup to Vinny. And then got pressed into duty. Meyer didn't work out. And then Bill decided to go to Ray Lucas. Ray Lucas sparked the team midway through the season the rest of the way, the Jets won a lot of games. Jets finished the game out of the playoffs that year. They finished one game short, and they would have been that proverbial team that if they had gotten in, that would have been a team that nobody wanted to play. You know, that was kind of before the days when wild card teams would make the playoffs and go all the way to the Super Bowl and win championships, just like the Giants did, right? But that's what type of team the Jets had. You know, like they had a really, really good team. They were just lacking at the quarterback position after Vinny went down. So you, look, you fast forward to this Jet team. They got a lot of really, really good players. And boy, that defense is good. We've been telling you about that defensive line. I mean, Quinn and Williams. Quinn and Williams is, is like a man playing a child's game out there. That's what he is. And he's a homegrown player. They got him locked up to a new contract. He's a phenomenal dude. It's like a big teddy bear. And he's on your team. And that's fun to watch. And watching that defense get after it is fun to watch. Quentin Jefferson, a guy who they signed as a free agent from Seattle this offseason, had two sacks last night. And he isn't even one of the first guys that roll out of your mouth when you're talking about the talent they have on that defensive line. And look, I'll be the first guy to admit that I had said all summer, that Dalvin Cook was a luxury more than a necessity, things have a funny way of working themselves out because right now, pretty good that Dalvin Cook's on this football team. Need all hands on deck on offense, especially if you're not going to have the Hall of Fame quarterback. And you saw that last night. 800-919-3776 is the telephone number. Paul and Queens up next here on 98.7. Hello, Paul. How are you? Dan, I couldn't sleep since last time I talked to you. Listen, I'm more fumed today. I'm going to tell you why, Dan. I want you to bring this up in a topic on your, on, on your beautiful show. I read a report as I was working that Connor Hughes says that all the whispers in the summer was that Aaron Rodgers was not happy with the offensive play calling, I mean, offensive technique of the linemen 
cut blocking. And it's evident, excuse me for getting a little bit angry, if you remember the preseason game mm-hmm. before he threw that touchdown to Garrett Wilson, he basically said he doesn't have time to set up. That's his forte. This guy's a master in setting up his play. If you remember, in the preseason game, he fell on the floor on a cut block play, too, before he threw that touchdown. He threw the ball away. Well, that was a play, you know where, that, that was a play where somebody came off the edge, and Michael Carter, the running back, kind of whiffed on the block a little bit there, and that's why he got flushed. I, 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 I hold Salah 100% liable for this, for this particular reason. I'm going to tell you why. Because you, you know why? Because, you know, why would you give the keys to the city to this guy when this guy is not happy? Go read the reports by Connor Hughes. I saw the you report. You read the report. Paul, I saw the and, report. And that infuriates me more. Yeah, it infuriates me more. And, I, and another reason why it infuriates me more is because it's his pattern. He's a rah-rah guy. You want to know something? You, you, your number one is your best receiver. Put him on digs. They would have never kicked that field goal. But, no, he's got to be in his position. I hold Salah 100% liable for this situation. He took my dreams away. I remember that 99 season. I remember 1998 when Chad Cascadon blocked that punt, and it was 10 nothing, And I was getting – my hairs were standing on my hands. And then that in 1999, that first game, when all the hoopla back then, mm-hmm. and he went down. And Tom Super came in. Yep. And I'm sick and tired of it. But I had to read that report, and it infuriated me more. Dan, have a great night, buddy. Thank you. Paul, I appreciate it. I know you're fired up. You're angry. You can't put that on the head coach. And, and, and the defense is not an area you want to point to today and say that you're unhappy with them. Okay. By the way, if you, want to, if you want to get on Sauce for a second, Sauce did not play a good first half. That was probably like the worst Sauce ever played in his short career as a Jet. He was better in half number two. He was better. And by his own admission after the game, he said he felt a little out of it in the first half. I don't know why. You'd have to ask him. But that was not vintage Sauce last night. He's got to be better. It's got to be better. As far as what happened on that play last night, okay, and look, I've, I've talked to a couple of people today close to the situation who shall remain nameless. But if you go back and you watch the tape and you, you slow it down, okay, on that type of play, Dwayne Brown's job is to issue a cut block or a cut block to get the guy on the ground to open up a passing lane. Now, was it textbook? Probably not, but it was effective enough to where it created a throwing lane. If you see the play materialize, Garrett Wilson's coming across the middle on a quick slant. He's wide open. I know Aaron Rodgers hasn't talked yet, and I know that the emotions are still raw and fresh and everything, but I'm sure sure it's going to be brought up because that was the play that he got hurt. I'm sure the question will be asked maybe why he didn't get rid of the ball because there was a throw to be made. And maybe in hindsight, I'm sure he's beating himself up over it. I, I I don't know that to be true. But the throw was there to be made. The play was there to be made. He just held the ball a little bit longer than obviously you would have wanted. And maybe we're having a different conversation right now. But you know what? Hindsight's 2020. It is what it is. Let's say hi to John and Freehold, who is up next. Johnny, how are you? How are we doing, Dan? Good, John. What's going on? Hey, listen, Dan, this is a violent sport that could be very cruel. We all know it. And it's unfortunate what happened to our quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, seeing him running out on the field with the flag was, was tremendous. Uh, Buck and Aikman mentioned it numerous times during the game how loud and deafening it was in that stadium. And they had a max capacity crowd bigger than when the Super Bowl was held there at MetLife. So it was an electric environment. I think the players felt it. The uh, air kind of came out of the bubble when Aaron went down. And you mentioned Vinny with, with the uh, same injury, Dan. But let's just hope that medicine is advanced from that point to now and rehab as well. 
and that Aaron's going to attack this rehab aggressively. Uh, all my thoughts and prayers are with Aaron and his family. I hope he makes a 100% full recovery, and he's better than ever next year coming back. That's my wishes. That's the wishes of all Jets Nation. Every Jets fan I've spoken to feels horrible for him, that he was fully invested. He worked his tail off. He wanted this to work. He wanted this to win. He had a chip on his shoulder. He wanted to prove something. He wanted to have a comeback year. And unfortunately, that didn't happen after play four. But we have to move forward and move on. This is a very talented roster, Dan. All right? It's next man up. And, I, you know, they're going to go into a hostile environment right away this Sunday. It's going to be Dallas's home opener. And that defensive front is a lot better and a lot stronger than that Buffalo front was. But you and I spoke during the offseason numerous times, Dan. I told you I had a vivid picture in my mind of that Mike Milano play a year ago when he snapped Mike White in half. And I told you, if I was the offensive line coach, if I was the offensive coordinator, if I was head coach Robert Sala and his staff, I'm showing film over and over and over again and telling all my offensive linemen, this cannot happen again. This cannot happen at all throughout the season. If we're going to win big and do what we want to do here, we've got to keep our quarterbacks upright. We've got to keep them fresh. We've got to keep them healthy. And we have to get into rhythm and keep our confidence. And I'm sorry, the offensive line didn't play well in game one last night. And they're going to have to step up their game. They're going to have to be laser-focused and be much better this Sunday well, if John, they have any chance of winning. John, John, look, obviously it goes without saying any quarterback you have, and I thank you for the phone call. You want to keep them upright because that's the only way they're going to be successful. Here's what I'll say about the offensive line. You almost have to toss out the way they played to a certain degree when Zach Wilson came in because I don't know how many fans realize this. Yes, your job as lineman is to keep your quarterback upright and to make the blocks and to create running lanes and all that stuff. But the quarterback also bears responsibility sometimes for how the linemen are blocking. And what I mean by that is the quarterbacks go to the line of scrimmage and they set the protections. Okay, They're the ones that call out the certain looks. And sometimes the linemen take their cues from the quarterback. So that could also be on the QB himself if he's not setting the protections a certain way because, you know what, that was one of the things that plagued Zach Wilson last year, to be quite honest with you. I don't know if that's public knowledge or not, but it just became it. All right? So that's all with the growing and the maturation and the learning and the comfort, the comfortability of the system. Remember, Zach Wilson's learning a new offense here too. Aaron Rodgers knew it. But now you have to figure out if Zach Wilson is going to be able to be the guy who's going to call out the checks necessary and call out the hots and all the guys that are maybe trying to tear his head off and to be in sync with his linemen. That's why having the first team reps this week are going to be invaluable for him and to be getting that on a consistent basis. Look, Dallas is going to be tough this week. Jets might have went into Dallas with Aaron Rodgers and still lost to the Cowboys because the Cowboys are a good team. But getting this guy the first team reps, I think, are going to be important. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Hey, it's just good that all five guys made it out of their healthy. And remember, last night was the first game that those five linemen had played together. Right? Dwayne Brown was MIA all offseason because he had shoulder surgery. Didn't show up until like that last week to practice. Becton, we know his story for the last couple of years. Right? AVT coming off of an injury. So you got to get the rhythm and the reps with these guys. And hopefully that continues to grow with each passing week. We'll take more phone calls and also a, a theory that's been kind of floating around there today, which I just want to dispel in regards to this injury. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. You know, there's been a lot of talk because it's been like the, uh, the popular thing nowadays. Because a lot of people have, you know, voiced their frustrations and displeasures. And in some cases, I, I do think there's some validity to it. But the people blaming the turf at MetLife Stadium for that injury to Aaron Rodgers last night, I mean, come on, guys. Like I said, it's an easy excuse. It's an easy throwaway. But that's not how he got hurt. That could have happened on grass, on sand, in the water. It it don't matter. If you got a 250-pound heat-seeking missile like Leonard Floyd coming at you and he puts all of his weight on you and his job is to destroy you and hopefully even dislodge the football if he hits you hard enough, You think he's going to sit there and ask permission first if your foot is planted into the ground? The most gruesome injury we've ever seen on a football field happened on natural grass with LT and Joe Theismann once upon a time. Jack Conklin, a starting tackle for the Browns, ripped up his leg on Sunday. Natural grass, right? Brees Hall, when he suffered his ACL injury last year, what happened? That was in Denver, on natural grass, right? It's football. It's a violent sport. It's a collision sport. This stuff can happen any single time, regardless of the surface. They used to have grass at MetLife Stadium once upon a time. If it was a non-contact injury, guys, then you got something. Then all the anti-turf people could sit there and say, oh, you see, we told you about the turf. You know, Vinny, once upon a time, that was a non-contact injury on the old AstroTurf at the old Giant Stadium. When they had grass at Giants Stadium, when they used to try it, you know, I'll never forget one preseason game with the Jets and the Giants. Jason Seahorn, who used to play for the Giants, a kick returner, a corner, really, really good player. They put him on kick return that night, got tackled the wrong way, ripped up his knee, was never the same. And that was on grass. Let's say hi to Justin and Tom's River, who's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Hello, Justin. How are you? Uh, Dan, I'd be telling you I'd be doing better, but I'd be lying to you. But um, that was, you know, as a Jet fan, like you've been saying, man, that was a great win last night. You know, I was obviously devastated with Rodgers going down, not even seeing him get a completion. But, you know, I do agree with you. I, I do think Rodgers is going to try to come back next year. But, you know, I wanted to play devil's advocate with you. What, you know, he, he said at the end of the year, year previously, that he was 90% going to retire. And let's just say that he, his body physically can't do it anymore and he can't come back next year. With this team, we obviously saw last night, this was a Super Bowl-caliber team if Rodgers was going to be hitting on all cylinders or anybody under center for the Jets. You know, next year, let's say Rodgers doesn't come back, do you think the Jets are better served going after a proven veteran or going through the draft again? Because this team has maybe a two- or three-year window, in my opinion, 
to really go for it all for a Super Bowl. In the words of Aaron Rodgers, Justin, that's all a beautiful mystery, right? It's a beautiful mystery that we're going to find out over the next 16 weeks because guess what? If a guy who once upon a time you thought was the answer to all your prayers at the quarterback position goes out there and plays like the guy you thought was worthy of being the number two pick in the draft, well, then there's the answer to your question. But if he doesn't, then I think yeah, you have to maybe go to plan B. I, I'm not a believer in Zach Wilson. I got to tip my cap. Coming in there in that position, I, I got to say, considering the circumstances, he, he played pretty decent. He played better than I expected what was going to happen. I really thought he was going to, you know, poop the bed. But, I mean, in my opinion, Brees Hall is going to be the comeback player of the year. I was extremely impressed with him and Garrett Wilson last night. And that defense was spectacular last night. But, well, that- yeah, I, like, like you're saying – like you're saying, it is a mystery, but I, I don't, I'm not a believer in Zach Wilson. The well, answer is either Rodgers or something else. Well, Justin, again, let, let's let's see what happens, and I thank you for the phone call. And look, I, I'm not going to sit here and kid you. Zach Wilson hasn't given you much in two years to make you a believer out of him, has he? Hadn't really given the Jets a hell of a lot in two years to make them a believer out of him because if Zach Wilson had played better, Aaron Rodgers would not have been acquired by this team in the offseason, right? But you mentioned Brees Hall. Remember that whole talk throughout the offseason? Is Brees Hall going to be ready? Brees Hall going to be ready for a week? Well, I told you he was going to be ready. And not only was he ready, he was shot out of a cannon yesterday. Got to be fully honest with you, 100%. We're doing the postgame show last night. And because of everything that transpired, naturally, like from the fourth play of the game on, it seems like everything that happened before it, you just forgot. We were in the postgame show last night. I'm talking to the guys, and we're getting our highlights together and everything like that. Full disclosure, I completely forgot. It was like wiped out of my memory bank that the first play from scrimmage from the Jets was a 26-yard run by Brees Hall. Totally forgot. And you know what the funny thing is? I have the damn video on my phone. I took video from the press box last night of that first play just because I wanted to see if it was something monumental. Like, we were kidding uh, Nathaniel Hackett before the game last night. We were saying, what's the first play going to be? Tell us the first play. What's the first play going to be? Turns out it was going to be a run to Brees Hall, and he broke it off for 26 runs. So, or 26 yards. So, Brees is back. And then later, he breaks off that 83-yard run, and you're saying, wow, that's a weapon that you missed. Right? So, think about how even last year would have been different, even with the revolving door at quarterback. If you had a healthy Brees Hall, that's another playmaker on your offense. If AVT doesn't go down, that's your best offensive lineman who was lost down the stretch. Throw in the couple of wide receivers that – you acquired during the offseason with Lazard, who had a big catch and run in the second half of that game yesterday. Um, Randall Cobb, who I know didn't do much last night. McCall Hartman didn't even get any snaps on offense, which I was a little surprised about. And then you throw in that defense. There's enough talent on this team to win. And if you're the quarterback, yeah, you like to see him make some plays, push the ball down the field, play within yourself. Just don't make mistakes. Don't be like the guy on the other side of the field last night who made Way too many mistakes for his team to win the game. 800-919-3776. David New Milford up next here on 98.7. What's up, David? Hey, Dan. I, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm still just deflated from last night. And uh, don't get me wrong. I was jumping up and down like a madman when Xavier Gibson returned that punt to win the game. And then I go on Twitter 10 minutes later, and I see Schefter's tweet about what Salah said in the post game, And it was just like someone just gut punched me, you know? And, um, you know, I'm 34 years old. I've been a Jet fan since I was seven. So I remember Vinny tearing his Achilles in 99. 
Chad breaking his wrist in a preseason game yep. in 02. Or tearing his bicep when they're the best team in the league in 08. But this injury last night with Rodgers, it's just it hits different because of the culture he brought into this team. The, like the breath of fresh air he's brought into this team, not only for the diehard fans like you and I, but for a new fan base. You know, he got average fans to become bigger fans, and he brought all these new fans in. You saw it with the ticket sales this summer. You saw it with merchandise just coming off the rack. And a prime example of my life is my mother. You know, my mom's been watching football games with us since we were young. She's, you know, on and off watching, not really paying attention, telling us Tom Brady's cute where we're telling her to get out of the room for saying that. But this summer, when Rodgers came, she she was like a different person. She kept talking about how awesome she thinks he is. Uh, she was watching Hard Knocks. She thought he was so unique. And all she kept talking about this summer is how she wanted an Aaron Rodgers T-shirt. Well, it was her birthday yesterday. And what I get her this past weekend? Last one on the rack, an Aaron Rodgers T-shirt jersey. And she was so excited. She was texting me yesterday how she was wearing it, and she was so thankful for it. And then that happened. And it's just like us, our fan base, we just we can't win. We just can't get any luck. Did she and, take, uh, did she take forward, the tag off the, the, the T-shirt yet, Dave? Yeah, she did. You know, she would never return it to Zomer's son. But, you know, she said today – yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, I mean, I mean well, the reason I the reason I say that is because you might be able to get a price adjustment because they might be on the discount rack by uh, tomorrow, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll bring that up to her. But uh, regardless, you know, she even texted me today to go some birthday. You know, the, the Rogers is hurt, but uh, in all honesty, moving forward, you know, we still got Garrett Wilson, we got Brees Hall, we got the defense. But when it comes to Aaron Rodgers and Zach Wilson, I'll lead you with this in the words of Michael Scott. Well, all I can do right now is put on my brake face. That's what Thanks, Dave. Dan. That's all you could do, and I appreciate the phone call. And you know that was the theme. You know, just trading text today with a lot of people in the organization. Right? They're not going to cancel the season. You got 16 more games. You think the Buffalo Bills feel sorry for the Jets at all? Last night they lost the game. They probably feel even worse. It's like we knocked Aaron Rodgers out of the game four plays in, and we still lost. And this is a team that's won the division for the last three years. You think the Miami Dolphins feel sorry? For what's going on with the Jets right now, Dolphins probably were the big winners last night because right now they look like a team that could be the favorites right now to win this division. You think you think up in Foxborough they're throwing a pity party for the Jets? They probably raised the glass and are, are having a party when they saw what happened. Zach Wilson takes on the Patriots again next week, MetLife Stadium. And again, just to further reinforce what we talked about earlier in the show and, and, and what Dave hit on, think about it. You think we're interviewing Roger Goodell live from the coaches club last night in the pregame show if Aaron Rodgers isn't on the Jets? You think the Jets are even playing that game last night, Monday Night Football? No way. It's a huge, huge hit, not to the Jets, but to the league, right? The business, the money, everything. They sold a ton. I mean, the Jets have sold tons of tickets. They, they, they can't keep tickets in stock. Now, good for them. They sold a hell of a lot of them even for, throughout the season, thinking that Aaron Rodgers was going to be there. And look, if they're still going to be a good football team and if they find ways to still be in the mix in November, December, you know, people are still going to go to the games. But I mean, people bought tickets thinking that, hey, Aaron Rodgers is going to be there. You know what the VIP list was like last night? Now, half the yo-yos, I didn't even know who the hell they were. You know, these influencers and this. I mean, like, what really is a celebrity and a VIP? Nowadays, it's very, very skewed, and it's a very, you know, broad definition. 
But they put out a release last night. Like, it was like four pages of all these different celebrities and VIPs who were at the game, wanted to check out the Jets, check out Aaron Rodgers. They weren't there for Josh Allen. They weren't there for Steph Diggs. Probably should have been there for Xavier Gibson. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Grasa till 9, right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasa Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Probably as dejected as you're ever going to feel after a season-opening victory against a division rival on Monday Night Football. It was thrilling a game, or thrilling an ending, as you could possibly have. You know, I tweeted this out last night after the game, and look, there's so much happening as soon as the game ends, and we're trying to make sure everything is set up for the postgame and to go on the air, and the, the club is bonkers and whatnot, but... For those old enough to remember, 21 years ago, I know I'm going back in the time machine, but you know what? That's, that, that's how we are. 21 years ago, 2002, season opener, Jets went up to Buffalo to play the Bills. Back and forth affair. That was actually Drew Bledsoe's first game as the Bills quarterback because, remember, it was the previous year he lost the job to Brady in 01. Pats won the Super Bowl. Bledsoe became expendable. They traded him to Buffalo. That game goes into overtime. Back then, the sudden death rules were not what they are right now, but it was just anybody, or I mean, you know, anybody scores, game's over. Jets received the opening kickoff to overtime. A running back slash kick returner by the name of Chad Morton takes the opening kickoff of overtime to the house. Jets win in Buffalo. That was his second kick return of the game, by the way, for a touchdown, believe it or not. But why is that interesting when you, you know, tie it all together? 2002 happens to also be the last time the Jets <laughs> Won the division. <laughs> could you, like, seriously, could you, like, I know that people are crazy. Like, sports is weird, right? It's the great reality TV. You just, you don't know what's going to happen. And there have been countless examples over the decades in a variety of sports. But wouldn't it be something, the way that Zach Wilson was essentially just, you know, tossed out like he was yesterday's garbage, essentially by so many people in the fan base, right? The organization tried to replace him how many times, even dating back to last year, whether it was Mike White, then Aaron Rodgers, then Joe Flacco, whatever. That Aaron Rodgers was thought to be the Messiah. He goes down to injury, and could you imagine if the Jets win the division this year and it's none other than Zach Wilson leading them to an AFC East championship? Like, what, what, what could you have gotten for that in terms of odds in the summertime? Right? What, what, what kind of odds could you have gotten on that improbability from happening? Now, look, we're a long ways from it from happening, for sure. But anybody think that the Rams were winning a Super Bowl with Kurt Warner? Nobody knew who the hell he was in 1999 when he stepped in for Trent Green? Nobody thought the Rams were winning a Super Bowl even with Trent Green. I didn't even, they weren't even a playoff team with Trent Green. And here comes Kurt Warner... <laughs> Guy's a freaking, you know, Hall of Famer, beginning of a Hall of Fame career. I mean, you can bring, throw, use the Tom Brady example. Sixth round pick. He comes off the bench. How about, you know what, I'll even keep it closer to home a little bit more recent. Anybody think Brock Purdy would come in and lead the Niners on the verge of the Super Bowl last year? The guy who was the last pick in the draft? But you know what made Brock Purdy successful and the Niners successful? <clears throat> they got a really good football team in San Francisco. They got a really, really good roster. And if the Jets have a really, really good roster, like certainly the people in that building think, well, then maybe you have a quarterback 
that doesn't have to go out there and put up three, 400 yards a game to win and to be successful. Let's say hi to George and Yonkers up next here on 98.7. Hello, Georgie. How are you? Yeah, what's up, man? Listen, um, I'm just like every other Jet fan, but I want to put a positive spin on things. Uh, one, I want to anoint Garrett Wilson. I don't think people understand, like, how incredible. He's special. He's different. He's special. Like, I want to anoint him as, like, the playmaker. But even then, he's doing stuff that Michael Irvin couldn't do. And that guy's obviously a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Garrett he, Wilson's yeah, a much Garrett better guy Wilson off the different. field than Michael Irvin is, too, so. I, I, I wouldn't take that. Yeah, yeah, i take your word for that. Um, Garrett Wilson like is one of the kid. best dudes you will ever meet. He, he, he really Trust does me. look like a good kid. Um, and so does Goss, uh, Sauce Gardner. Great, great job. Sauce with a good anyway, dude, too. Yeah. I want to I put a positive spin on that. And, and another thing, like you said, like to put things in perspective, like the whole 9-11 thing, guys, like we, like we got football, man. Like, yes, we lost Aaron Rodgers. It's over. It's done. Crying about it's not going to bring him back. At least we got football, man. Like, and it, and we didn't lose last night. Like, we sound like we lost the game. Like, like we like we really got to like change. I listen. I get it. I'm deflated. Yeah. I'm heartbroken. But we really got to change. And then this kid, this kid, like we like we, like there are grown men that call up the station and destroy this kid. This kid's what 23. Talking about Zach Wilson. He handles New York pressure better, I don't know, than any other New York athlete in professional sports, baseball, football, whatever. And this kid has been put through the ringer. So I credit, and not only that, he looks like he even came back in better shape this year. So that tells you he needed a mental reset and that the kid is headstrong and he's a worker. Well, look, he learned, George, George, he, and I thank you for the phone call, right? Zach's 24. But everything you said is spot on. You know, look, Zach had a rough go of it last year. And I'm talking about the off the field. That was not fun. Nobody wants to be in that situation. You know, he said something after that Patriot game that obviously he would like to have back, right, when he was asked if, you know, he bears any responsibility for that loss. And he said no, you know, when he didn't play all that well. And there was that carryover effect in the locker room. I think he lost the support of the locker room. Clearly. But Robert Sala was talking about that today. Is you know he's made strides to earn that back, and just even you know the couple of conversations I, I I've had with Zach so far since you know training camp started. You know I did an interview with him for one of the before one of the uh, preseason games. He seems a little bit different. He seems a little bit more grown up, a little bit more mature. Like you know he's got a better handle on this thing now. I don't know if that was the case at the time. Remember when when we were having those conversations, he wasn't the guy. Aaron Rodgers was the guy. Aaron Rodgers got all the attention. It was his show. And then Zach was a guy who could sit there and maybe some of the pressure was taken off of him and he could just watch and learn and absorb and go out there and play football. But now it's back on him. So here's what you hope. You hope those lessons that he learned while he was observing. And now he says, all right, now it's my show. And I remember what happened last year. And I want to do it differently. I got a handle on this thing a little bit better. Remember, New York, tri-state area, the media, the fan base, that ain't Provo, Utah. It's a jungle out there. Coach in Staten Island up next, 98.7 ESPN. Coach, how we doing? 
How you doing? It's Cook. Oh, Cook. Cook. I don't know why it says Coach, but you know what? I apologize. What's up, Cook? No problem. No, no, I just want to make a few points on Zach Wilson. This kid is tough as nails. Did you see those hits he took last night? That one in particular. I'm shocked that they didn't throw a flag Uh, on it. Yeah, they should have threw a flag on the one Matt Milano hit him in the head, and the other one, the other guy grabbed his head. Salah was going crazy on that. This kid's tough as nails, and people also forget this kid was 5-2 and two last year when he got benched run with playing ball control offense, running the ball, and playing good defense. I think that's the way the Jets have to win. They were 5-2 and two like that. Zach Wilson's team was 7-4, and four, and we didn't win another game when we started throwing the ball 50 times a game. You know? That, I mean, that's how I see it. Well, there was there, there, there was last year was kind of in a way with 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 Zach Cook. I, I think it was almost kind of like a lost cause a little bit. Like once they went to Mike White, right? And thank you for the phone call, by the way. Once they went to Mike White, I think that that was pretty much the end of Zach for last year. You know, because they had already then said we don't think you can help us win games. We think that this guy gives us a better chance. And then when Mike White got hurt in Buffalo and then Zach had to play again, I don't know where his confidence was, but I can't imagine that it was all that great. And then you fast forward a week after that, that Thursday night game against the Jaguars where everything completely went up in smoke, where they went to Chris Strebler just to spark this offense. So I think they had reached a point of no return. And even so much so, think about it, the, le- the last week of the season, after Mike White came back hurt, to play that game in Seattle, which they lost. Last week of the season in a meaningless game, no, don't put Zach out there. They went with Joe Flacco. A game that meant absolutely nothing. They thought Joe Flacco could give him a better chance of winning the game than Zach. In a pressure-free game. I know the game meant something for Miami, but from a Jets standpoint, there was nothing at stake. 800-919-3776. We'll sprinkle in some giant stuff, too, as we move forward. We're going until 9 o'clock. Grasser Show here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. The old people in NFL films are breathing a sigh of relief that they got through hard knocks with Aaron Rodgers being a central figure in it. Right? Aaron Rodgers, I mean, the Jets weren't going to be on hard knocks if Aaron Rodgers wasn't here. It's another reason. I figured it was appropriate I wear the T-shirt today, guys, because that, that kind of like it's a, it's a term that kind of like encapsulates the whole mood, right? Hard knocks. So I wore the hard knocks shirt today. If I know if I know you at all, yeah, or know you any better than I do now, mm-hmm. I would have said, how, does, how is it like working at NFL Films? Well, because this is what the crew wore. I would have confused you for a crew member. Well, what, what can I say? You know, you watch the show. Like when you see all those people all around when they were filming everything, this was this was their gear. Yes, I and definitely I, I watched the show. Yeah. I was nice enough to uh, to obtain one. You know, they took care of me. Good people. But it's not going to change the reality of the situation. And the reality is that Zach Wilson's now the quarterback of the Jets moving forward, starting Sunday in Dallas. By the way, you see how that line moved in one day? I believe I want to say that the Jets were getting two and a half. Maybe three points when it was thought that Aaron Rodgers was playing that game. And then since the injury, now the Cowboys, I think, are a seven-point favorite in that game at last look. And who knows what it's going to be by the time we get closer to Sunday. We'll find out. Let's say hi to uh, our buddy Wes. He is in East Hanover. He's up next year on 98.7 ESPN. Hello, Wesley. How are you? 
Uh, good evening, Dan. Good evening, company. You know, I, I'm not a Jets fan. I'm a I'm an awful Chargers fan, and I felt awful about my loss until the Giants lost on Sunday night, <laughs> and then four plays into your game, like my heart was my heart was in my stomach. Like I felt terrible for you guys. But what stood out to me was the leadership on your team. You have a group of leaders on that team that rallied that pulled the guys up by their bootstraps and said, hey, let's go win this for the Gipper. And they did, and it's impressive. I hope you guys can figure out some way to get a quarterback in there or Zach Wilson uh, makes the progress that he needs to make to get you into the playoffs because your team deserves it uh, because no one should have to endure what you guys did four plays into the season. So just wanted to throw that out there and appreciate you taking the call, Dan. Yeah, Wes, thanks a lot for the phone call. I mean, look, that's unfortunately some of the realities of sport right now. The line, by the way, is up to nine and a half for the uh, the Cowboys in this game. So there you go. I mean, that's just – that's how much of a factor Aaron Rodgers is, you know, him being in there and him not being in there. It's funny Wes said, you know, he, he felt awful. Not that I have anything to do with it. I don't play, obviously. But it, it, you'd be amazed – Once that happened last night, because, again, the whole country's watching. It's Monday Night Football. It's the only game on. My phone is blowing up from friends of mine, coworkers, whatever, from all across the country. As if I was the one, God forbid, out there tearing my Achilles. Like with these well wishes. Which is appreciative, which is nice, you know, because they know that I'm invested in the team and I'm a part of the, you know, the broadcast and everything. And, you know, what's good for the Jets is good for me and vice versa. So... You know, I appreciate that, but it was just, it's, you know, it's one of those things to where, you know, those aren't the kind of the well wishes and texts that you want from people. You know, you'd much rather it be, you know, sell it. I heard more, I heard from more people four plays into the game than I did when Xavier Gibson is running 65 yards into the end zone and getting mobbed by his team. It was also a lot later at night, too, when that happened, but nevertheless, crazy, 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 crazy. Let's say hi to um, Brian and Tom's River, who is up next here on 98.7. Brian, how are you? Hey, good, Dan. Thanks. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I wanted to point out something that I feel like a lot of people haven't really been talking about, and that's, um, like, Zach, the steps he's taking. Um, because I don't know if it's been mentioned, but he's been throwing a lot of screen throws yesterday because I know they had to keep the playbook small. But, like, if this was last year or the year before, I feel like he'd be – throwing bullets over their heads you know I feel like he has a lot more touch on the ball and that throw to Garrett Wilson in the end zone I felt like it had a bit more touch so I don't know if that's Hackett or Rogers getting to him but I feel like Zach is definitely taking some steps to improve his um passing and I think that that's like really encouraging because I feel like if he can keep doing that and improving throughout the season then I don't see why they can't have a season like better than last at the minimum you know maybe eight or nine games something like that brian now we're gonna find out right now we're gonna find out because and and i thank you for the phone call it was funny too one of the you know people the, the the network reached out last night which I was a little surprised. This is, you know, during the game. And, and obviously, I'm in the middle of the game, and I'm, I'm keeping track, and, you know, I got to do my stuff for halftime or whatever, but they wanted me to hop on for five minutes just to talk about what had, what had happened. And, you know, they, one of the things they asked was, like, well, what about Zach Wilson? Is Zach Wilson capable of this? And, and what have we said over the last month during preseason is that we've noticed just from what we saw him playing against the second teamers, just the quarterback himself, he seems a little bit more relaxed in the pocket. 
you don't see that happy feet as much that maybe we saw the first two years in the league. Now, it was a small sample size, and it was against second-teamers in the month of August, but that's just my initial observations. Greg said the same exact thing because, you know, we talked during the game while we're watching. He says exactly the same thing there. Now, last night's a different story. Bullets are flying for real. Monday Night Football, it's the real thing, packed house. You know, you're not getting the first-team reps, so I'm sure that there was a lot more improv involved in that performance last night. Nevertheless, 14-21, to 21, right? That's still you're completing 66% of your passes. Zach Wilson didn't have too many games in his first two years where he's completing that many throws, right? I mean, he'd be, he'd be lucky to hit, you know, 55% completions in his first two years in the league. And he only had the one turnover last night. So now we're going to start to get a little bit more understanding as to how much further this guy has come as a quarterback. And it starts this week. And again, it's not going to be easy. Dallas is a good defense. You might have seen their work on Sunday night. You're going into Jerry World. Place is going to be mobbed, right? Home opener for the Cowboys. I would expect that you're probably going to see a lot of Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook. That's just my guess. But you never know. You still got to you still got to throw the football in this league. It's 2023. You got to throw the football to win games in the National Football League. Doesn't matter how good your defense is. Kevin in New Jersey is up next here on 98.7. Kevin, how are you? Is this me? Kevin, if you were Kevin in New Jersey, then it is indeed you. Yes. I was Howell. I thought, okay. Okay. I was, made to, I was made to believe my question's a little bit elementary, but I don't know. I'm not so uh, into it. If, if, let's say, Zach takes the next step and he mm-hmm. wins, let's say, 11, 12 games and wins maybe one or two in the postseason and the Jets are, that's it, he's our guy. But he's, he's not yet Patrick Mahomes, so he's not, he can't. And Aaron Rodgers comes back next year. You go back to Aaron Rodgers, I'll answer the question. I'll answer the question this way. That is a problem that the Jets right now would probably give anything to have to address five months from now. That's true. How about that? No, Kevin, I'm being a thousand percent honest with you. Like, let's cross that bridge when we come to it. But that is a great problem the Jets would be faced to have, don't you think? Uh, I would can't argue with that. My guess would be in that situation, if it indeed comes true, and I thank you for the phone call is that one of them probably won't be on the team next year. Because let, let, let's look at it from both angles. Let's say Zach Wilson has a phenomenal season this year. And as he said, wins 11, 12 games. Hell, maybe even puts himself into the Pro Bowl conversation, right? Isn't a guy who's just along for the ride. He's actually going out there and playing winning football. Then he's a commodity. Maybe there might be another team in the NFL that says, hey, we want that guy as our quarterback. What are you going to take him? What is it going to take to, to, to prime loose? But then on the other hand, the Jets would be situated with a guy who's 40 years old coming off of a season-ending injury, and you don't know how much longer he has left. Forget about how much longer he says he wants to play. You don't know how much longer he physically can play. But as I said, it's a good problem to have, right, five months from now. You never know. Frank is in uh, Belmore up next here on 98.7. Frankie, how are you? I'm good. Hey, I like your open. I I didn't hear you mention one other guy that that this situation reminds me of, and that's that's Trent Dilfer. Um, sure. At the Baltimore Ravens, you know, one thing I think playing quarterback is is like playing triple level chess. Uh, and what I saw just last night was that I think he has a few more clues, and I, that's obviously has a lot to do with Aaron Rodgers. But what impresses me, well, let me just get to this first, and I'll tell you what really impressed me with this is uh, I think that. 
you know, when you look back after something amazing is achieved, you look back and so many times it started from a point where like of devastation or, oh, my goodness, how did, you know, uh, something that was overwhelming. And what I think can bring this team is the character that I see on, the, on, on this team with these players. I listened to Garrett Wilson speak. I listened to that young man that scored that touchdown last night to win the game, telling, telling um, his teammates that he's going to play for them as hard as he could. I think the character on this team, listen to Quentin Williams in an interview, it amazes me how much character this team has. And I think that can raise their level of play and they can become a better team. Often you become a better team when you lose your superstar. I've seen it through college. I played a little bit. And, and a lot of times when you lose that big player, you lean on each other more, you become a better team. And it's almost, and I don't want to say it's a blessing in disguise, but that's the phrase sort of I'm going to use. It's almost a blessing in disguise. On the other side of this, you look back and you say, wow, look at how this team grew because of that devastating moment. That's just my thought. Frank, my experience Frank you're not wrong. And, and what it is, it's going gonna, it's gonna to test the talent that you have in the room. For you, you talk about character or you want, but talent wins football games. Mix in the character as well. And the Jets have a lot of good talent on this team. I think we know that. You know, remember, it wasn't all that long ago. What was it, four or five years ago? Right? Tennessee Titans went all the way to a conference championship game with Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback. A conference championship game. You mean to tell me that the Jets, as presently constituted, don't have as much talent, if not more, than the Tennessee Titans did in 2019 when they went 9-7 and seven and were one step from a Super Bowl? One more hour still to play with. We'll continue the football conversation. We'll also get into some Giants as well. 800-919-3776. Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. Is this me? This is 98.7 ESPN. A good karma brand's radio station. WEPN-FM. New 